Welcome to the sermon podcast feed of Liberty Church Collingswood, where we want to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in Collingswood and surrounding boroughs, or wherever God has placed you. Find us at libertycollingswood.org. Part of our mission is preaching sermons, so here you go. Keep in mind that these messages are designed to bring the timeless message of Jesus to bear in specific contexts to specific people, the whole eternal word, changing worlds thing. Would you hear good news here? Bon appétit. We are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's take a moment to pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for gathering us here this morning. Give us your Holy Spirit now to understand this, the word of God, that we may be changed. Jesus, thank you that in your great mercy you died and rose again for us, for our salvation, for the church. Lord, as we reflect upon where, where we have been, where we are, and where we might go, would we know the welcome of Jesus? Even in these moments, we pray, O oh Lord Christ, in your name and for your sake. Amen. Especially with the verses that I just read, this is a celebratory day, but it might be a little bit of a strange text, right? Look at those words and images from verses 7 to 9 right in the beginning. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. Happy birthday. <laughs> Not surprisingly, Psalm 90 is used and has been used for centuries for Christian funerals. In some ways, this is a very much a funereal sermon. Why on earth would it be a 10th anniversary celebration? Well, I will tell you. Because this is a difficult text. It's a difficult text. And in more ways than one, I think difficult fits our church. I moved here with my family, my wife Emily, who was a first-time liturgist here this morning at our church. And our, our kids were third grade, first grade, pre-K, and baby when we were up here. And I thought to myself, including driving during the move from Texas back here, this is going to be fun, and this is going to be easy. And I was half right. It's been fun. 
but it hasn't been easy. It's been a lot of work, a lot of labor, a lot of tears, a lot of toil. And for my own part, many of my secret sins in the language of verse 8 have been exposed over these 10 years in the light of the gospel. But there are some other ways in which I believe Difficulty has defined our church in ways that make me very proud. Difficulty. Christ and culture. As the scriptures engage our society, we feel those rough edges. We feel those rubs. And we want to talk about them. We want to weight them. We want to feel them. I'm sure our conversations have been imperfect, but we've tried to have them. Difficulty. Remaining in relationship with one another across divides, especially ideological and political. That's hard. And here at Liberty Collingswood, we are able to look across the aisle, so to speak, and say, there are brothers and sisters that I love at this church that I would not be friends with in a million years, apart from the bonds of Christ. And I need to keep by the power of the Holy Spirit leaning into those bonds of Christ because I feel pulled in so many different directions. Difficulty. There's joy in the journey and also pain in the leaving. I was talking with Matt Lloyland. Liberty Harrisburg celebrated their 10th anniversary service last year. And he said, it's great. You're going to have a lot of fun. But what hit me, among other things, in a sad way even with the slideshow. Pat McAdams, our digital ministry director, did a great job with the slideshow here last night that we had at our banquet. You see old faces, but not all of those old faces are still with us. He's not here. She's not here. Where'd they go? Difficulty. But that's not all. Hasn't been easy, but it's been fun. And it's also been hard, but I wouldn't trade a second of it because of verse 17. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Favor. That word favor in verse 17 can be translated a couple of different ways and has been throughout the history of Judaism and Christianity. It can be translated favor. It can also be translated beauty. It can be translated delight. So there is an objective and subjective component to it. When God blesses, when God gives favor, that's outside of us and it comes to us. But then it's also beauty, delight, something that we can experience. And so even here, we have received the beauty, the delight of the living Lord in Jesus Christ. And that has been enough. That's been enough. Question. Will Liberty Collingswood be here forever? I don't know. I'm working as hard as I can so that this church will persist generation to generation to generation. And yet at the same time, as it is with all of the churches of Jesus Christ around the world and throughout the ages, as you have loved, as you have labored here at Liberty Collingswood. 
that love and these labors echo into eternity. So let's think about God's favor. The psalmist in the middle of our text here says, teach us to count our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Let's count our days in two parts. Futility and then favor. Futility and then favor. And I might throw in one final F at the end. Futility and favor for now. So if you're here watching this morning or here in the room and you're skeptical of spiritual realities and you're not really sure what does Christianity mean for me, especially the first part of the sermon text, you might think this is really pessimistic. I don't think this is true. And this might be one of the reasons why I'm not sure I can believe the Bible. Can I trust it? I'd come back simply and say, is it pessimism or is it realism? Think of it this way. It is a good God that would be unhappy with the mess that we make of our world. It's a good God that would be unhappy with the mess that we make of our world. Verses 7 and 8. For we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. As a parent, when occasionally when they were younger, our kids, Emily and mine, would make a mess of things and maybe be mean to each other or hurt each other, I would still love them, but I'd be upset some discipline, and we try to work through it. Or, have you sighed recently? Verse 9. For all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a sigh. And you want to fly away. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. And so verse 12 is a good question. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Face the big questions. Ask the big questions. And I believe that that's something that we've sought to do here at Liberty Collingswood over those years. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, don't fly blind. Have the courage to say, what is this all about? And granted, whether we're Christians or not, it's very possible that there is so much toil, so many tears, so much trouble, that it's easy just to want to fly away and numb out just a little bit more. The big three, we can think of it this way, Substances, scrolling, binging. Let's just numb out a little bit more. Substances, whether they're things that are otherwise good or perhaps illicit, things that started recreational or medicinal, not so much anymore. Numb out a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. Or scrolling. Da, 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 da. It just keeps happening. Or binging. Whether it's food, or shopping, or shows, just let me escape for a little while. But that numbing out malforms us as human beings. That shapes us in ways it is not good for us to be shaped. Where we end up saying, What's good, what's not, I don't know. Who cares? I'm just going to keep on going for a little while. Symptoms of this might include boredom, fatigue, frustration, 
loneliness, anxiety, anhedonia, not being able to take, to take pleasure in things that you used to be able to take pleasure in, fragility, numbing out. But let's have the courage to face the question. Verse 12, teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. Ask that question. What's worth it for us as human beings? What lasts? And there is good news here. For example, in verse 15 of our psalm, I believe that the New Testament in the fullness of God's revelation, gives us even better news. All scriptures God breathed, beginning to end, of course. But sometimes the New Testament turns up the clarity, turns up the light, turns up the joy a little bit more. St. Augustine in the early church said that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. It gets better. Verse 15, Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. New Testament says, hey, it's not just in the fullness of God's revelation with Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected that we can hope that our good days and bad days will balance out by the end. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That's what's coming. Late momentary affliction now, relatively speaking, eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look to the things, not that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. And what verse 13 asks, prays, pleads, Jesus answers. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Let's talk favor. The turn of this psalm is the return in verse 13. We've talked about this before when we go into psalms here at Liberty Church Collingswood. Think of a Shakespearean sonnet where sometimes you'll have a turn towards the end, maybe the first two-thirds or so. You get one perspective going in one direction. Then there's a turn, and a new perspective is introduced towards the end. Psalms sometimes do this exact same thing. And the turn here, the return, and technically in the original language here, Hebrew, it's not return, just turn. That's a callback to a turn earlier in the psalm in verse 3. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. But if that's cast in a negative light, Lord, you just return us to dust. Now it is return, O Lord, how long? So quite literally, the turn of the psalm is turn. Return, O O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. And that's answered yes in Jesus. That's answered yes in Jesus. In the history of the world, for every man and woman who is ever, ever born, who besides Jesus knows the fullness and the weight of the question in verse 11? Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Oh, Lord, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done in Gethsemane. Where Jesus first in the garden and then on the cross 
weighed and experienced the fullness of God's wrath to pay the penalty for sin. That as we confess, like Eric was talking about earlier, we don't do it sniveling, running away from God, staying in the shadows, but in the light, because the penalty has been paid, and Jesus conquered all of it, sin and death and the devil, to bring light and life and forgiveness and transformation and hope. Now, as Jesus erupts the kingdom of God into the old order by his very resurrection, and the Holy Spirit says, you can have that now, and it's just a preview of a coming attraction, because there is more to come. And everything in this psalm, just like everything in every psalm, is turned up in the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, verse 14, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. That is, yes and amen in Jesus. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. That is, yes and amen in Jesus. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. That is yes and amen in Jesus. And for here at church, we've been through it. The psalm before the turn and the psalm after the turn. But in all of our good days and bad days, Let's pray and plead for the favor of God. Like verse 16, even if you're not sure where you are with Jesus, this is a great plea. Let your work be shown to your servants, verse 16, and your glorious power to their children. God, show me. If you're there, let me see. Show me, O God. Yes and amen in Jesus. What does the next 10 years hold for our church? We don't know. But God does. But we're able to say, let the favor, beauty, delight of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And that means it's worth it. It's worth it to reckon with time and wrath and death. And the church has confessed for millennia that because Jesus Christ is crucified and resurrected, we can have hope that favor is coming. Boldly, full of faith, favor is coming. Because the tomb is empty. For our own lives and more. I want to talk about three ways in which I believe that God has given favor to our church in this decade. And then we'll wrap up. Favor to our church. For a lot of us, and more than the average church plant, at each and every stage of the life of our church, an unusually high percentage of adults would say at our church, this is the first church that I've been a part of as an adult. Since I became an adult, I have never been a part of a church until coming here. Whether that's by profession of faith, maybe you grew up in the church, but then faded away for a long time, maybe later in life. Maybe it's real for the first time. Maybe you've believed in God and maybe even in Jesus, but haven't taken the step of being in community with one another. At various times in the life of our church, as many as half of us would be able to say that. And I don't think we've ever dipped below a third. That's God's favor. And here's a dirty little secret about church plants. A lot of them grow by transfer growth. 
coming from another church. And if you've come to Liberty Collingswood from another church, we still love you. We need you. Thank you. But especially in the south and a little bit here in the north, you get not only church hoppers, but church plant hoppers. Where, what's this new shiny thing over here? Oh, it looks really great. But after a few years, that sexy church planter has a beer belly. His facial hair is so 2005. All of a sudden, and you're off to the next one. That hasn't been us. And I talk to our leaders sometime. Think about it this way. When people leave Liberty Church Collingswood, by and large, and at least in my mind, I would think it's a 10 to 1 ratio, maybe not quite that much. It's relatively rare that we lose people to other churches. We lose people to brunch. Think about that. That's the mission to which God has called Liberty Church Collingswood. And that's where we press ahead. Establish the work of our hands. Also another way, I think God has given us favor in Collingswood and surrounding boroughs. We talk a lot here at church, post-Christian context, a lot of folks, and I get why, say Christianity is weird, maybe toxic. But I think at least for some, and by some measure, by the witness of our church, there are people around that would say, yeah, Christianity is still kind of weird, but at Liberty, there are some good people. Rehabilitating the reputation of Jesus just a little bit. And we're staying where we are. Here's a difficulty for you. Trying to strike that balance within the tension of being uniquely, distinctly, robustly Christian, following Jesus, and being for the common good. Which is even harder than it was 10 years ago. Do you want to know why? Because there is a splintering and fragmentation commonly in the public square of what the common good even is. We don't even agree on that anymore in public spaces. But God has called us uniquely, distinctively, robustly following Jesus and for everybody. The other aspect of favor. It's all of you. It's all of you. Here's something that I never told anybody for my sabbatical, 2018. It was a good three months, you know? This is one of the verses that I spent a ton of time with during sabbatical, the beginning of Paul's letter to the Philippians. Therefore, my brothers, or brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I would spend a lot of time for a planned season of disengagement from Liberty Collingswood. Lord, last part of the verse, help us to stand firm in the Lord. But then, as Paul says earlier, the church at Philippi, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. To one another here at church, over these years, we are each other's joy and crown. And here's one more dirty little secret. Not about parishioners, but in this case about pastors. There are a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors, who actually don't like their parishioners. Especially the longer they stay at a church. 
when over time, as a shepherd thinks about the sheep, people at church, they are problems to be fixed or obstacles to be avoided. One time, years and years ago, I was on vacation with my family and we visited a church. I wanted to talk to the pastor afterwards and there was a coffee hour in a fellowship hall. It's not rocket science. Churches have been doing this for a long time. I didn't get to meet the pastor, but I watched him from a distance. He was surgical in avoiding everybody. It was like he was playing Pac-Man and just constantly, and not visitors, his own folks. And I thought to myself, this guy doesn't like his people. And he actually ended up resigning a couple months later. And so one of my constant prayers has been for myself personally and among each other. As we think of the brothers and sisters and press into this as well, you are my joy and crown. 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 This is the grace of Jesus in our midst. And it is glorious. And we don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve any of it. But Jesus says, yeah, I know that but I'm going to die for you anyway. And I'm going to give you all of it. Here by my blood is my favor to you. Live into that reality yourself. Here's the last F. From futility to favor to fruitfulness. In the years to come, give us fruitfulness. As our world seems so futile, give us your favor in Christ and grant fruitfulness. We don't know that the years will bring for us, but we pray, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And we remember the words of the Apostle. In the 15th chapter of the first letter to the Corinthians, our assurance of pardon already came from the beginning of the chapter. It's a chapter all about the resurrection. And this is how Paul concludes. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, could that have been the best sermon ever? Eh, the odds are strongly not in its favor. Still, thanks for listening, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also check out our version of a preaching after party, the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem, on the same podcast feed, where you can go backstage with the sermon. Live, speak, and serve at you later.